back, ladies and gentlemen, for another episode of the Here We Go Brownies podcast. I'm Allie, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. That's Dustin. He's in Boise. Dustin, what's going on? How's your Wednesday? Allie, it's pretty nice. Uh, I can't really explain our weather out here. Uh, two nights ago, we had snow. It's 50 today, 70 degrees this weekend. Do you, guys have, do you guys have out there? Now, I'm in South Carolina, so like the weather here is fairly consistent throughout the year. Like, I mean, short sleeves for the most part, but this time of year, March going into April, we have, now I know like most states have like a pollen and an allergy season, mm-hmm. but here in South Carolina, like today I walked out of my house. I went to go check the mail. My driveway was yellow. It was yellow with pollen. Oh, okay. so yeah. it, like it, it happens. Yeah. It happens like for a week long in like March, April, sometimes May here in the South and my allergies are just through the roof. So if you hear me sneeze on the program tonight, that's why. And I do apologize, but, uh, but it's fun. We're, we're kind of getting into the summer season, the busy season here. What great weather, as you can see behind me, this is Myrtle beach, South Carolina. Life's great. But, uh, you know what, Dustin, life's just better with a little sunshine. It is. Yeah. And it's like, I said, it's sunny. It's supposed to get nasty again tomorrow. And then again, this weekend's supposed to be nice. And then we're in the sixties and seventies next week, but What's funny is like when the weather finally changes here, it's like, it changes. It's like seventies, yeah. eighties. But I always tell people, this is a place where it could be zero degrees or 10 degrees, you know, very cold, not like super cold, but could be 110 above. Like you could yeah, have, you could have a, you know, a hundred degree temperature difference, which is kind of, so you certainly get all four seasons. Yeah. What a time to be alive. I'll tell you, uh, Browns fans, what a time to be alive. Uh, Last we spoke, really, we were just kind of recapping the first wave of free agency. Um, Really at this point, this point in time last year or last year, last week, we had just signed John Johnson. Uh, We didn't even have Troy Hill at that point. Um, We didn't have Hollywood Higgins. That happened like right after we got off the air. Um, So now this program, we're going to dedicate to just having that open conversation to recap the, the Browns free agent signings dot, dot, dot so far, hopefully some more to come. Um, as we approach really this off season and, and prepare for the draft. And it's interesting to see what Andrew Barry in this front office is, is really going to do what their approach is. Um, but Dustin, so far, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on what Andrew Barry, Paul DePodesta and Kevin Stefanski have done? Well, you know, I, I kind of talked about this a few weeks ago. I really feel like to your point, value doesn't have to be overspent. And we've talked about that. Yeah. You know, it looks like he went out and splashed where he needed to, to get the premier pieces that he needed we talked a few months back speed speed we gotta we gotta you know shut down the backside, right of speed you know so he goes out and gets a john johnson and a guy like troy hill to kind of help that back end right so he goes and spends a little money there but then just puts in depth with someone like mckinley and you know a guy like walker you know to kind of fill that linebacker room that's got some you know youth in it still so I think he just kind of said, you know, I need to fix the defense and put depth where it needs to be. And that's kind of what he's been doing. It seems like he's, and, and it just, he's just kind of filling in the pieces and parts, kind of how I looked at the offensive line last year, right? Hey, we got an okay offensive line, but we need some depth there, right? We need some, yeah. plug some holes and put some people in there that are going to close down that position. And that's kind of what he- Yeah, that's what good teams do. You, you don't go out and you make these huge splash agency moves like the Houston Texans, for example, who were signing everybody and their brother and our good friend Money Mitch went down there. Um, but s- some of the contracts don't make any sense. Tavier Thomas also went down to the Houston Texans. That's, that's not what good teams do. You see Andrew Barry, Kevin Stefanski, this front office, Paul De Podesta, they're doing what good teams do. That's building depth but at the right price. And we're going to get into it, guys. But before we do so, before we really do a deep dive, we want to give a shout out to our good friends at onlyincleave.com. All your apparel needs. You need an official Here We Go Brownies podcast hat. You got to go get it. I'm, I'm telling you, Dustin, if you don't get it, you're missing out. I'm well, judging you. I'm judging you if you don't have it. Allie had it on last week because I lost a bet. I'm wearing it this week. Um, <laughs> but more importantly, five weeks from now, people, when you come to see us in person, you will be able to purchase these in person from us also as well um so that's exciting but you know uh brian and his folks have all the different designs over there um we have some exciting stuff to share as the next few weeks unfold and we will tell you more about 
uh, Allie and Dustin going to the draft. Yeah, so stick around for some good stuff. Uh, lots to come. Like we're we're really excited. We know that's not just how we're feeling, but this is how Cleveland as a whole is feeling. There's a lot to be optimistic about. Um, but guys, officially, seriously, please do go get your official here we go brownies podcast hat t-shirt whatever you need from onlyandcleave.com um but dustin let's let's get into it here you mentioned tack mckinley depth uh malik jackson depth who and or who uh, uh joe woods knows very very well from his time in denver anthony walker's an interesting one here so did you did you see um what darius leonard the the video that he put out once the colts you know when when uh, uh anthony came over to the browns did you see that Something about, oh, I see that you really want to go play for Baker Mayfield, something to that. No, no, no. He he made a video just kind of expressing his gratitude for oh. Anthony Walker um, and his leadership and all that he's done for Darius Leonard, who, by the way, is an all pro linebacker and all he's done for his career. So not only are you adding guys like this who have veteran talent, who have leadership, who who have on the field presence, but also who have that off the field character, who are a culture fit. There's a trend here. There's a trend smart. here, Dustin. They're smart too. That's the other thing. And yeah. you know, it's kind of funny. You look at someone like Andrew Barry, very Ivy League-ish. He looks for that smart kind of grinder type of player. And I think you know his relationship being in uh, Indianapolis previous. I think you know he was able to go out and sign a person like Anthony Walker. So uh, you know, bringing Malcolm Smith back. You know, making sure you have that depth and experience there. Yeah. So I mean, there's those kind of things. And then uh, the Jackson, you know, the D tackle position, you know, going and signing him and he's got a lot of upside too. So again, not, not breaking the bank, but, uh, and then Billings, we, you know, we don't talk about, you know, right. people, he, he's kind of like the forgotten one that we brought in, but never got to play. Right. So he's kind of been on the bench ready to come in, you know, because of the COVID um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So since we've, since we've last talked, um, really you get John Johnson in here in the back end, Tack McKinley, Troy Hill, Anthony Walker, as we just mentioned, who's got a, a high upside young guy too, um, Malik Jackson, Richard Higgins, as we know, um, Malcolm Smith, as you mentioned, but also Jojo Nats and Cody Parkey and Kaderil Hodge, who is a restricted, uh, free agent tender. So, um, some, some great names coming back, Hollywood Higgins on that list, but Dustin out of, out of all these, let, let's, talk defensively first out of out of all of these defensive signings which one's your favorite that Andrew Barry's made so far oh by by leaps and bounds John Johnson yeah. um and, and what I like about that is Cleveland was smart with what they paid for him I mean he wasn't cheap but he signed for millions less than what he was offered from other teams and he basically is the quarterback of the defense was very high intel high you know high motor um can kind of lead and kind of be that young but also very smart person on that side of the ball I think that will bode well for us um, in games where we need to tighten it up a little bit I think he's going to be smart he's going to have that instinct Um, and as we all know as Browns fans um, he sure read Baker Mayfield fourth and goal (laughs) in a football game so don't tell me he doesn't have those instincts to be like you know I think he's going to go there and I'm going to be right there you know, and try to get that ball. So again, I think he's really smart and he brings a lot of that to the Browns. That's well, here, yeah, I, I agree. Um, him and I, I'm a big fan of the Anthony Walker signing as well, but you know, John Johnson, you get him on a, on a longer contract, relatively inexpensive, relatively young, but to go out and get really what 40% of, of the Rams defense, you know, the back end of the defense, who, by the way, is the number one pass defense in 2020. Uh, that's pretty darn good. That's pretty darn good right there. So you get Troy Hill, young, uh, Youngstown native, um, local kind of guy. Uh, of course, you get you get John Johnson, who I just absolutely love. He was a green dot guy for the Rams. He was the play caller of their defense, which which really says a lot because that used to be kind of more of the, the Mike linebacker was the quarterback of the defense. But really, in the in, in an interview that he did with Nathan Zagura um, when he first signed with the Browns, he said, you know what, I'm playing back here at safety. I can see everything. I can see everything. And he's got that leadership skill set as well to be able to present that in a way to these younger guys to get them in, into the right place at the right time to make those plays. Um, and Browns fans, as you mentioned it, Dustin, we know that play all too well. Well, and you know, when I look at this, Allie, when I see signings like this, I see 80% of a roster that's 27 years or younger. I yes. mean, I mean, yep. Great point. and so I look at that and say, we have longevity, right? This yep. isn't build it for a one and done season, like sometimes teams do, because, hey, we got to win it all. This this has got a three to five year window on it to me. And so I think that's, that bodes well for not only 
the next year, but the upcoming years where these guys are going to be able to stick around and we aren't going to have to break the bank and have to like reload and okay, well now, you know, their defense is going to suck or, you know, we had to let a couple guys go on offense, you know, that's going to not going to be the case for a few years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I really like the Troy Hill setting too, as well. You know, we talked last week that you need that depth. Uh, and, and I'm still in the belief that right now our two biggest needs still is you need more depth on the defensive line. And I think we can all agree there and you need another physical corner. Um, has to happen, especially with the loss of, of Money Mitch. Um, Tavier Thomas as well, who wasn't a consistent role player in our defensive secondary, but of course provided that depth. So I think you go out and you get a you get a John Johnson who can play that safety position. We know Joe Woods likes that three safety looks. You have Ronnie Harrison, Grant Delpit coming back, John Johnson. Um, by the way, you still have Sheldrick Redwine who can be physical in that regard as well. But talking about the corners, Denzel Ward, um, Greedy Williams. I almost just said Money Mitch because I'm just so used to saying that. I'm really going to miss him there. But uh, Greedy Williams, uh, uh, Denzel Ward, and now you get Troy Hill who can play in that slot position. Well, you bring up a good point. Um, and it kind of, I looked at this because someone brought up a good point. So there was a uh, power ranking that came out now for the NFL teams next year, Allie, and kind of blew my mind. It was yeah. in this order Tampa, Kansas City. Green Bay and the Cleveland Browns were in the four spot. And I sat there and I was like, whoa, they put us in the four spot, but they brought up a great point. Cleveland fixed its problem with bringing in a John Johnson, a Troy Hill. And oh, by the way, you're bringing me Greedy Williams and Grant Delpit back next year. Whoa, you've really fixed your, your, your leaky, you know, spot, everything else, your offense is, you know, great. Um, you know, there, in, I think it was somebody brought the, I think it was Anthony Walker. Somebody brought up when they were playing the Browns, when he had to play them. And he said, you're going up against, they called the Cleveland Browns, which is interesting. You know, this doesn't make it out in the media, but he said, you're going up against the Golden State Warriors on offense when you play the Browns this year, just so you know. And that's kind of interesting that other defenses kind of said, yeah, these guys can come at you and score points and in, in big chunks and you don't even see it coming. But what's funny, we did see that, right? Almost 50 points at, at Dallas, right? Yeah. Tennessee, where they just exploded. And you're like, well, where did all those points come from? And, you know, I'm sure the teams on defense are like, yeah, don't make a mistake on these guys. They'll kill you, right? So I think that bodes well in that sense. That's just my kind of gut feeling there. Well, you know, we talk a lot, and I've said this many, many times on the show before, but Kevin Stefanski building this offense kind of from scratch coming in last year, now the the coach of the year. But what did this front office do is they provided him with the tools and resources to do his job. Unfortunately, time did not allow for them to do that to the defense. That is what this offseason is dedicated for. You see it in the safety room. You go from zero to one of the best safety rooms in the NFL. Uh, granted that Grant Williams can go or uh, uh, Grant Delpit can come back in and be successful in that role. Um Corners, I think, is a huge area of need still. I don't think you can have enough depth in the corner position room. Um, but even linebacker, they, they're, they're, we know that they don't highly, highly value that position. They, they value the pass rush uh, and, and um, the secondary. But in terms of the linebacking room, what do they have? They've got a few veteran guys, and I'm going to say guys like a Malcolm Smith, uh, an Anthony Walker, but the rest of that room is young very young core. And I think that that's going to be something that we look to address in the draft. Not entirely sure that you go off ball linebacker at 26. I could be wrong, but I think that there is great value in later rounds of this draft, whether that's two, three, four, five, six, seven undrafted, you can get that value there. Um, And then I think additionally, huge area of need still, you can never have enough depth on the defensive line. So I don't know, Dustin, looking at this defense and, and really defensively, we'll get to the, the offense here in a second. What are your, your, your two positions of need still? And how do you think that this front office goes about fixing it? If you will. You know, I, I know you'd mentioned, you don't think linebacker as much. I, I still see that as kind of a glaring kind of, you need to have maybe a guy in there and I don't know if they're going to address it through free. Now, let me reiterate. It's not that I don't think so i agree i, I still think that is a whole thing you need to fix but if you're looking at what they value as an organization i think all the writings on the wall that that's not as high of a priority as some of the other positions right but i do think they'll try to address that to your point in the draft yeah. um somebody that's versatile somebody that can get in again value right has a lot of upside um 
And to your point, maybe you can get him in a later round and get him for cheap and he can, you know, put that depth of that position. Yeah. Um, another place, you know, what's funny is I, this, as weird as it sounds wide receiver. And the reason I say that is just, um, I just don't, you know, we have enough tight ends. I feel like that that's pretty covered with the signing of Najoku, but just more depth at wide receiver. And I guess where I'm going with this is, God forbid you have someone like Hollywood Higgins goes down or Odell Beckham re-injures himself or whatever, having a little more depth in the wide receiver room, uh, a guy that can kind of maybe break it on speed, right? Maybe a special teams guy. So he yep. plays you know, both roles. I think that seems to be a need because I, I don't, what do you think? Ellie? I don't think we have a lot of speed on, on. No, no, I don't think so. When you look at what the traits they need to address, I think the overwhelming trait, and I'm going to say this for the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball is speed. You have to have it when you want to compete with the Baltimore Ravens of the world or the Kansas city chiefs of the world, you have to have speed. You mm-hmm. have to have speed in your linebacking group to be able to stop. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, guys of that nature. And on the opposite side of the ball, you have to have speed in your wide receiver room. We have it with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb for the most part. They're versatile. They are explosive. But in the wide receiver room specifically, you have to have somebody that can take the top off of the defense. You have to have it, especially with a quarterback like Baker Mayfield, who can get out of the pocket and can be somewhat elusive, but isn't going to, you know, you know, he's not a Lamar Jackson. You know, you have to have speed. And I think that is the overwhelming umbrella term that I'm going to use as we go into this free agency period and into this off season and into the draft is they are looking for young value speed. That's it. Yeah. And I I think they can see maybe even this may sound crazy, but even at 26 go after if a speedy receiver drops to them, be like, man, this is a you know, maybe a once in a five, yeah. you know, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the draft right now. Anytime I get an opportunity to talk <laughs> about the NFL draft, I will, but let's yeah. talk about that. So the Browns are currently sitting at 26 and you asked me this question last week. You said, could you see in any scenario that the Browns move up at all? Likely? No. If I'm being perfectly blunt and transparent. No, I don't think that is the case. That's not something that they've done. That's not something that this front office typically does. However, what they value is positional needs. So let's just say, um, let's just say we're looking at the defensive line and that is what the Browns are going to do at 26, whether that's a Christian Barrymore or a Zayvon Collins, assuming he can move into sure. that defensive end position rather than off ball linebacker or a quitty pay or somebody of that nature. Let's say they have one of those guys ranked number 10 on their big board, but he falls to 26 in that regard. Yes. I could see them moving up to get somebody if it's their guy. However, I can't see them moving up just because a couple defensive ends are going off the board. That's not what they're going to do. They're not going to get panicky, right? Yeah. They're not going to get panicky, but that same regard, let's just say Dustin, we're talking about speed. Let's just say a gosh, let's just say this is totally hypothetical. It's not going to happen, but I'm just going to throw it out there. A Jalen Waddle or a Devontae Smith start to fall. Speedy, explosive, dynamite-style wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Do you go up and make that pick? If it's within reach? Let's just say you only have to get five spots. 100%. And I'll tell you why. When you look at the – if you look what the Browns did to opponents last year, when they got up on them, what did that do for our defense? You can just sit back and feed off on the quarterback, right? So if you can bring another guy in that can bring you great special teams, right? Because um, I think another thing that we – I think I looked at a stat that we're undefeated when we have um, field position. So, I mean, if, you, if you're if you winning the field position battle in every football yep. game because you're running it back to the 30, the 35, whatever that may be, and that guy can also take the top off of the ball, um, absolutely. So I think you move – because, again – He's going to be on a rookie contract for the next four years. Exactly. Exactly. And if you take a look at, at the wide receiver room as it's currently constructed, now I'm not discounting Odell Beckham Jr. or Jarvis Landry at all. I love them unconditionally, really do. But they have heavy contracts. Right. Would you say, if, if you're looking at the Cleveland Browns and you're not a fan and you're looking at them and you just at their offense, mm-hmm. you said, who should be the highest paid offensive group? Would you say it should be the wide receivers? Should it be the running backs or should it be the tight ends? I would imagine most people wouldn't say, based off production only, not name, it should be the wide receivers. Now, right. I think when you, Andrew Barry, Paul D. Podesta, guys like that can take a look at what they're doing and they're 
I don't question their intelligence at all. But if you can get a speedy, explosive, dynamic wide receiver like that, or another name I'm going to throw out there is like Rondale Moore or somebody like that, that you can get to add speed and depth there, you pull that trigger. Well, you know, you brought up a good point, but somebody thought, I think I saw where Juju Schuster's contract and him signing, he's kind of brought the value of the wide receiver price tag down overall in free agency. So to your point, you know, say if someone like Odell goes away in the next year or two, right? Because the contract's just heavy. We want to get out of it. Well, yeah, you go get that rookie wide receiver. He's inserted and now he's blowing it up. Yeah. I mean, like it just makes sense, right? You, you want to keep your, you know, but I mean, like, I, I think it's a great, you know, I mean, I, I look at people like Higgins, that, that, that is a steal. He came back in at a hometown discount. Yeah. He's a favorite target of Hollywood, you know, of, of Baker, you know, to, to throw to him. Like, like if you could get like three or four of those kind of guys, I mean, you, you think about that. You could, if you got guys on three or $4 million deals, or, you know, each of those, that's like one other wide receiver. Like it's just yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I don't disagree with that. I, I think that if your guy's there at 26, let's say he's there at 20, you go get him. Um, and, and I think that this, this front office would, but I also see a ton of depth and a lot of value in terms of trading back. And that is something that this this front office has proven time and time and time again that they will do to a- accumulate some assets, whether or not they use that in another trade or another signing or whatever. Uh, but if if but if they think that they can maybe trade back and get a couple more assets, I've seen them do that as well. Well, Allie, I mean, think about it. If you're the Browns and you know you need a couple just key pieces yep. and your guy is not even on the radar on the bottom of the first round, but somebody has somebody they really want that thinks the next team or two after the Browns are going to come off the board, right? Well, yeah, we'll take your second rounder, you know, and another pick. And now the Browns have then two second rounders and two third round picks. Look at all the value you're going to bring in with that second and third round of depth, right? I think you could really build this offense to where it's pretty ironclad on offense and defense. With, well, that's that's exactly what good teams do, Dustin. Is they identify they identify talent late in the draft, and that's how they build their depth. You get them on these cheap, cheap, cheap deals, and that's how you build your depth that's and you develop them in house. And that's exactly what the Rams did with John Johnson, for example. Yeah. That he's yeah. a homegrown boy out there in Los Angeles, and then we we're able to kind of take the benefits that they all all the assets that they put into him we get that benefit now um but let's let's talk a little bit more about the draft we're currently sitting at 26 we've identified that corner is a huge area of need still uh and so is pass pass rush whether that's interior of the defensive line um or defensive end or even a linebacker um here's the thing with it though this isn't an entirely defensive let's say front for rich draft this year it's just not last year the year prior yeah it was you had guys like chase young um you know guys like that who, who were just flying off, off the board yeah it, unfortunately that that's not the case this year but it is a very rich wide receiver draft so yep. kind of to our point you can address that later on and you can like i said a name like rondell moore would be there but let's talk corner first is there a name currently that sticks out to you that you're like all right if he if he's there maybe we move up and get him. Is there, is there a corner in the first round that you have your eye on? Not any player particularly that I can put my, my pencil on and go, that's a guy who go after Not anybody that I've seen this jumped off the page on me. That's why I think they go more linebacker in the first round. If they're at the bottom. Okay. And we'll I- get to linebacker in a second. So, so you're saying, I mean, I mean, Patrick Sertain's there. I'm not sure if he's going to fall to 26. JC Horn out of South Carolina is there. That guy's um, really good. The Horn what? Guy. I'm sorry. Very, really good things about the guy out of South Carolina. Horn. Yeah. Is- yeah. Um, inc- incredible talent there. He's actually one of my, probably one of my favorite prospects. He's right up there with Patrick Sertain there. Um, could really see them going down that, down that road. Another guy that maybe you could probably get in the second round be somebody like a Greg Newsom if he were to fall. Um, uh, really even a here's another one out of Florida State um, the Asante Samuel Jr. Tyson Campbell out of Georgia there's value there but I would say in the first round if you are looking to go corner if Patrick Sertain's there or J.C. Horn yeah no. yeah all day, all, I've all seen day. Horn, all he's pretty shut down to me from what I've seen from Horn from, all day from what I've seen from him all day long um all right let's talk linebacker you say 
probably not corner in the first round. I'd push back on that a little bit, but you want to go linebacker. Who's your, who's your top linebacker prospect? The gentleman out at Tulsa. I've read a lot about him. I'm trying to think. So of are, are, are we talking, are we talking because right now he would be an outside linebacker in a three, four scheme. That's not what we run. So are you talking pass rush or right. off ball linebacker? Because I'm talking off ball linebacker here. Oh, okay. So I see him as a hybrid. So I think they would bring him in and maybe move around, but that was somebody that I penciled in and saw him um, from some, some of the studies I've done, because you're right. They may put him on the line based on the current defensive scheme. Yeah. So, so if you're looking at Zayvon Collins, that's currently what he did kind of the outside linebacker type of scheme. What he, is he going to be an outside off ball linebacker? No, probably not. He's, he's quick. He's elusive. I could see him being paired really in the front four getting after the quarterback I, I see him as a defensive end or an edge rusher in this game I think yeah, he's, he's incredibly senior. talented he's senior in the NFL yeah guy. yeah absolutely um it, but if we're talking linebackers another name is the Jeremiah Usu Koromoa out of Notre Dame if he falls to 26 well you grab him in a heartbeat if he falls like he's like if, if you if, if you had to take one or the other who are you going with and why um I think I would go Collins. And, and the reason I would go with Collins over the Notre Dame guy is one reason is just his versatility. Because to your point, if he's somebody that I can kind of, I call it Legos, right? If I can put him in the linebacker position or if I need to move him to defensive end, it helps with my depth. Um, I mean, everything I've seen on him, I mean, he was a solid player. I mean, I watched a little bit of Notre Dame football this year, not a lot. Yeah. Like I did see the guy from Tulsa and he seems pretty lights out to me. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and truly Ali, that is just from a versatility standpoint, just that he can give you some different looks, I guess is from. Yeah. From I, I don't know. I I'm kind of leaning right now towards JOK. Um, you know, 13 and a half tackles for loss. Um, what did, what did he have? Uh, 80 tackles, five and a half sacks, 13 and a half tackles for loss in 13 games, two forced fumbles and four pass breakups um, as a linebacker, which here's the thing with him though. Could he also be on the front four? Probably, possibly. I don't know. Versatility is the term I'm going to use really between the two of those two guys. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit more off ball though. Micah Parsons out of Penn state. Hmm. If he were to fall, where does he rank in terms of your linebackers? Here's the thing with him. I, I don't think he is going to, I don't think he's going to fall. But the thing with, um, the thing with Jeremiah Usakoromo, the, the, the standout factor with him among all the other guys is his coverage. And that's what leads me to believe that this front office would go after him because he's got a little bit more versatility in his coverage game. He can cover tight ends, running backs, wide receivers, whatever he can do. And that's one thing that, the front office has shown that they highly value, which is kind of why I think he may be a better scheme fit. Mm-hmm. I could be completely wrong. I really, I think either, either way, whether you go Zayvon Collins or uh, JOK, you can't go wrong. But if a Micah Parsons falls to you, well, what do you do there? Well, you might move up for someone like that. I mean, if he's fallen within five spots, yeah. I think you're going to go for him because most people don't see him making it past the top 10. Like no. I think he falls right. So um a guy like that I mean like he's a surefire blue bread you know like a guy like that I think you have to go get him now I also think the Browns are gonna uh, this may sound crazy I think the Browns are going offense in the first round I don't even think they're drafting you know I think they're gonna wait to your point draft some depth in the defense you know second and third round I think what do you think they're gonna do in the first round I think they're gonna go wide receiver I do think they're gonna find a guy that to that can is very versatile to them. I mean. Okay, let's talk about that then. Okay. So, all right, we're at 26. Who, who's, who's your wide receiver target? I mean, we know in this in this draft class, there's many. There's so many. Um, and it, it goes all the way throughout the entire depth of this class. We even saw it last year. Last year was a huge wide receiver class. And we get DPJ in the sixth round. I think the Browns can do that this year. So I, I, that's why I provide a little bit of hesitation. Unless somebody like a Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith were to fall or a Jamar Chase, which is, is they're not falling to 26. That's why I provide a little hesitation about drafting a wide receiver at that point in the first round. Because in the second round, I, I know you can you can get some 
amazing depth there. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point. I mean, because you're right. I mean, now that you now that I think about it, the fact that we were able to get Donovan People Jones so mm -hmm. late, and I mean, look how much of an impact player he ended up being for right. us. Um, yeah, that's. I don't know. I just. I. I want. Here's what I miss on the the Cleveland Browns alley. Um, I miss that breakaway kind of special teams that I haven't seen for a long, long time. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I don't know. Um, it's, that's a tough one. I mean, I, I just, I go back and forth to be honest with you. I mean, I, I want them to draft one, but I just, it's, it's tough for me to, to kind of pinpoint. I don't know. That's tough on it's, I just well, that, that's why we're not that's why we're not part of the front office and we don't make these decisions we're just well, uh well, two I mean, people on the radio here but but here's one i mean i mean if if what's one thing the browns are really good at ali i could name anything they're really good at what, what are what's one of our things that our wide receivers are really good at after the cats the amount of yeah. yards they gain right they make yeah. so let's look at a guy like uh Kadarius tony out of florida for instance yeah that makes mm -hmm. sense yeah. So, but I mean, like, think think about Higgins. He catches it, and then he, you know, he, you know, he's not a speedster, but he can catch it. But here's here's where I'm going to push back a little bit. We have a little bit of redundancy in our wide receiver room. Hmm. OBJ, fair. Jarvis Landry, Hollywood Higgins. I'm even going to say Kaderil Hodge. Even all kind of do the same thing. It's it's that providing some yards after the catch. They have consistent hands, and while those are incredibly important things to have, what isn't there? speed. Now I'm not saying any of them are slow by any stretch of the imagination, but they don't have a burner. So if you're looking at wide receivers, I'm going to throw a name at you that you could probably get honestly, maybe in the third or fourth round is a two, two at well, um, out of Louisville, uh, another, and I keep bringing this up, Rondell Moore, Terrence Marshall, Jr. Out of LSU, Elijah Moore, Ole Miss, um, great pro day today is Mon Ross St. Brown. I think that's, that might be, I wonder if he's related to Equinamia St. Brown out of the, the Packers. Um, did you mention um, Terrence Marshall out of LSU? Yes, that would be a good one. Uh, here's my idea. If at 26, if at 26, somebody like a Rashad Bateman is there, or you know what, I'm even going to go a Rondell Moore, or you know what, Dustin, even a Kadarius Tony, I think would be a good fit. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with you, but I think you do have to be wary of not falling into the trap of redundancy. Well, here's the name I'll throw at you. Tell me what your thought on this is. Wallace out of Oklahoma State. Um, um, put up, so back to my raw talent kind of thing. Yeah. And again, I'm not going to say first round here, right? You kind of hear me out. But raw talent, 3,400 yards, 25 touchdowns. Um, looks like um, he can separate the deep pass, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of can be that guy. Um, maybe he goes in the second or third round. I, I don't know where he um, would. I think, yeah, he'd probably be more of, Maybe I think I have him on my big board, maybe as a third or fourth rounder. But I'm saying maybe that's yeah. where we'll get that wide receiver for the, the deep. hundred percent, hundred percent. And that kind of supports our, my claim of like, Hey, let's go draft. If JOK is there um, or Zayvon Collins is there, let's pull the trigger. Let's just get him. Let's just get somebody who can be that hybrid linebacker defensive end, yeah. maybe just uh, elusive on, on the defense. And then second, third, fourth round, if you can get somebody like a Tylen Wallace, um, or like I said, a two-two out. Well, I'm yeah. really intrigued there. Well, he's a former track star standout too. Yep. Which I can, yep. So to your point, we have not enough of those, right? <laughs> like the speedsters, and we could use some burners. So yeah. So yep. to your point, and if you can get him in the third round, all the better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm. It's gonna be interesting. It's it's certainly gonna be interesting. We'll have a um, show, guys, where Allie just breaks down the draft. We will one of these days. Uh, <laughs> one of these days. Um, how about, let's talk about Jadavian Clowney. We haven't gotten into that yet. I, I know we've got comments he, he, here. He came to Cleveland. He was there for a hot minute, right? Yeah, not nothing crazy to report here, right? He was literally there for like three minutes. I remember seeing uh, the tweet from Field Yates come through that says, uh, "Like alert, Jadavian Clowney is meeting with the Cleveland Browns," and everybody's freaking out, which myself included. And then, like five minutes later, he tweets he has left the building or he is now home or whatever it is. Well, do you like, think that maybe delayed that they didn't know he was there already? It had to have been, had to have been. But here's like, the thing. What did he do? Just walk in, grab a hot dog and leave? Like what, what are we doing? 
here's what I think happened. He came in. The Browns obviously have had interest in him in the past, right? I mean, that's no, that is no yep. secret. They've actually offered him a deal. I think the Browns have mutual interest, right? They want to build, to your point, depth. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny? Allie, you know, when I was looking him up today, he's only 28. Yeah. He's not. Yeah. For some reason, I was thinking he was older and like he'd been in the league this whole time. I'm like, I mean, well, how old is Garrett? 27, maybe? Oh, God, no. He's like 25. Is he 25? Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm saying, I mean, but 28 is not that old in the end, right? I mean, it's not that old, right? right. In fact, that's kind of your maybe in hitting the prime of your career. Right. Yeah, you know, I'd agree with so, that. You know, I kind of was like, I kind of pictured this today, Clowney walking into the Browns office, but like, hey, how you been doing? I'm, I've been pretty good. Uh, yeah. Um, I was looking at that car last year, you know, that 2020, it was a pretty nice car, you know. Um, you know, 2021 now, like, what are we thinking? Kick, you know, it's like they're kicking the tires around, like you're going to buy a car, right? Like, hey, you know, we know you like you, you like us, you know, can we come to a deal? It's kind of, it kind of feels like that's what happened today. Like, I could just so, say. So, Dustin, I know it's kind of controversial right now. Uh, we, it's fairly divided, and I totally understand why. Totally understand why some people are like, hell yeah, give me Jadavion Clowney, give me that depth on the defensive line. And other people are like, eh, hard pass. Where do you fall on that scale? Oh, I, I say sign him because here's why I say sign him. I think he would have been fine with the Browns last year. Unfortunately, you know, it went the way it went, but you're going to get him for what Andrew Barry loves doing value. You're going to yep. bring in a guy with that high motor when he's healthy can be explosive. Let's just call it. He can be explosive when he's healthy. Now you put Clowney and Garrett healthy on both ends. Hello. <laughs> like, do you want to play against that? I don't, I ain't going to go out there and, take on a, on a pass rush. And if you can get him for six, $8 million, like, you know, the, I call it the low risk, high reward here now at this point, right? Like, Hey, if he can bring depth and stability and really cause some pass rush on some offensive lines, like a Lamar Jackson and like a, I don't know, Kansas city chiefs that has a really good offensive line, right. Can, can, can create some surges, the bills, those teams that we're going to have to go up against to get to the next level. Yeah. I think he's fine. He's a low risk, high, you know, high upside. Yeah. So I think I'm not sure if I'd classify Jadavion Clowney as, as a low risk, high reward kind of guy, just based off of his injury history, based off of, unless you can get him for like cheap, cheap, real cheap, then yes. But I think I, I look at a guy like Tack McKinley more so like that, you know, kind of a, a sure low floor, but super high ceiling. He needs to be in the, in the right um, first off the right mindset, but the right structure, the right stability, uh, the right environment. But if I'm taking a look at Jadavion Clowney, my thought is I'm all about enhancing depth and enhancing value. And I think if you can get him on the cheap, you make the move. And I, I don't question the intelligence of Andrew Barry or Paul D. Podesta. I think they're going to do everything that they can to put this team in a position to succeed. Um, but on that note, I just want to reiterate that this isn't a incredibly defensive and defensive tackle rich draft. So right. I don't think you're going to get that here. Well, I think that there are guys, Greg Rousseau is, is a name that comes to mind. You can get value short and you can absolutely do it in the first, second round, but I still think you need depth. And unfortunately this free agency class, all of these guys, Trey Hendrickson, Carl Lawson, Shaq Barrett got big money. Is, is David and Clowney worth that? Absolutely not. No way in hell is he. Um, but if you take a look at what he did last year, it was next to nothing. In, due to injury, due to situation, is does he not have any talent? No, I'm not insinuating that at all. But I think you have to, you absolutely have to have him at the right price. Absolutely has to happen. Well, and maybe to to your point, one of the comments that Andrew Barry made a couple of weeks ago before free agency started, maybe some guys will fall to us and it will be the right situation. Yeah. Well, this is the exact, that is it laid out in front of you. All these guys that were the big defensive end signed the big contracts, blah, blah, blah. And now Clowney's sitting here and look, all that money has been evaporated, right? It's all been sucked up by all these other teams. Hey, you, you, you want to play in a different atmosphere, right? You want to play for a winning team that's probably going to the playoffs. You see where we're heading, Clowney. You want to be on the boat. Let's go, right? And so I think, and I also see a different dynamic, and you probably remember this, you know, you look at someone like Olivia and Vernon, how valuable he was to the Browns last year. And when he was in there, man, him and Miles Garrett together, that, and, you know, that was really good. Let now, me ask you this. I don't mean to cut you off here, but do you bring back Vernon 
or do you bring back Jadavion Clowney or bring in Jadavion Clowney? What would you do? Well, that's my, here's my thing. Do we know, I mean, do we know yet if Vernon's going to be hundred percent healthy for the 2021 season? No, right. but we don't know if, if we don't know if Jadavion Clowney is either. Well, but I mean, has he been cleared? I mean, I mean, I've, uh, yeah, and I think that's that's partial to why he's he's making his rounds um, yeah, at this point. It's just it's just yeah, he's, seeing what's going on with that knee. Yeah, so I think if he's cleared, you're right. And okay, well, let's just we'll 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 play Mad Money. We're we're Andrew Barry. Let's you know let's throw the yeah. crystal ball out here. You know, someone like what was Vernon's contract? Fourteen million? Does that sound right? Somewhere in that neighborhood? Does that sound? I think I, yeah. Guess what? I'm assuming Vernon's going to want similar money or a little less. If you're getting a six versus ten million, the last time I checked, that's four million dollars I saved, and I get a better or equivalent to the same thing. So I, you know, if I'm playing the game, I I, I tip my hat to Clowney in that situation. Yeah. I think I, if I'm being, if I'm being honest, let's just say, all right, let's, let's have this conversation injury aside for both parties based off of talent production alone, which one are you going with? Clowney and age, correct? I believe Vernon's older. Yeah, he's, he's a little bit older. He's 30, something like that. 30, 31, somewhere in that range. But so you'd still go Clowney there. Yeah. Cause you're getting a guy a little younger, um, played in some big games. And I mean, big games in his career. Um, and I think I would go with Clowney. I think I, I, I'm going to disagree here. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to go Vernon. Um, injuries aside for both for both parties. Based off of his production over the past three years, Jadavion Clowney's best season was in 2017-2018. And again, not discounting his talent. I, don't get me wrong. <laughs> you know, at the right price, I'd love him on the team. I'd love to see him in the brown and orange. But if, if we're going Vernon versus Clowney, I'm going to go Olivier Vernon here. Based off of production, he was lights out when he was healthy last year. His production alongside Miles Garrett was through the roof before COVID hit and before the injury. Both guys were playing at an enormous level, um, but I'm going to go based off of his familiar familiarity with the scheme as well. I think is also important. And here's where I'm going to go the opposite way because I'm Andrew Barry. I didn't make that trade for Olivia and Vernon. That was a prior regime that made that trade and brought Vernon in. And I'm bringing Clowney in, and he's one of my guys now that I'm bringing into the defensive fold. Mm-hmm. It's my it's, it's my shop now. I, yep. I think that's kind of where the dynamic will change a little bit. Um, you know, unfortunately, we lost Terry Money Mitchell, but, you know, that wasn't an Andrew Berry guy either. Uh, you know, he came in two years ago, I believe, before, you know. So a lot of this is kind of Andrew Berry kind of getting his hands on what's his, right? Obviously, he's not going to mess with your starting quarterback and Miles Garrett and those guys that were sure hit Chubb, you know sure hit fire picks right but some of these other things i mean you know odell beckham's contract he inherited that landry's contract he inherited all these things as he became the the gm so i think he's going to look at that with a bigger lens as he's you know as he kind of takes more and more identity of the actual football team so i think that's where i think it may come down to like no this is a guy i was looking at last year we have an opportunity to get him now i'm gonna go try to get him i mean that's I, you know, I don't disagree. I, if, if I had to go one way or another, if I was had to make a decision, I'm Andrew Barry. It's one guy or the other. If injuries, injuries aside, I'm probably going to go with what I know, but I'm not Andrew Barry. I don't know. And I want to make it perfectly clear that if Jadavion Clowney is available at the right price, I am, you kidding me? I'm all for it. Anytime you can add depth to that defensive line, the more the merrier, especially if you have somebody with the veteran leadership that he has, and you can bring that in. But like I mentioned, I think the guy with the higher upside here is Tack McKinley. I think that's the guy. You get him next to nothing on a I, – I, I don't like saying prove it deal because I, I just don't like that term. But but kind of a, a rebirth into the NFL. You put him opposite of Miles Garrett. You give him the proper technique, the proper structure – a proper mindset that he didn't have. He's the guy that I think is low risk, high reward. And if it doesn't work out, you didn't pay anything for him to begin with. But mm-hmm. I don't think Andrew Barry is going to make that type of move, financially speaking, with somebody like a Jadavion Clowney if he's not 100% sure that it is going to benefit in the long run. But making it perfectly clear from my perspective, I'm all about adding depth to that defensive line because I think it's it's just so undervalued in the league. Yeah. Well, you win the game in the trenches, right? That's what they yep, say. That's it. Yep. That's exactly it. That's exactly one of those positions you want to, yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Let's go through this real quick. We've got a couple minutes. Um, let's just go through the AFC North and uh, kind of grade out what the other opposing teams have done this free agency. We can give them a letter grade. Um, and let's go ahead and get started with the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, they they kind of didn't have a great um, off-season free agency period, if you ask me. Um, Dustin, what do you think of what they did down there in Cincinnati? They let Carl Lawson go. They lost some big names, uh, but they bring in a Trey Hendrickson, a couple other guys there. What do you think that they did? They brought in Obajovi, right? They, they signed. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, so I give them a B minus. Okay. Um, it seems like they didn't, they lost, but they kind of gained some of it back with their depth. So I give them a B minus. They didn't do anything flashy, you know, or anything like that. So I'm I'm, I'm going to give them a D. Uh, I absolutely hated what they did um, to, to swap the contract and to swap the talent from Carl Lawson to Trey Hendrickson is absurd, but we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Maybe they yeah. couldn't retain him, whatever. Uh, they get rid of William Jackson, but they bring in Chidobe Awuze um, and Hilton as well. I kind of like that, but getting rid of Green and Ross Speed in the wide receiver room doesn't help Joe Burrow at all. And I don't think that they did anything to provide him any help at all. Um, I think that they're going to go out and hopefully, hopefully they can land somebody like Panay Sewell in the draft. I don't know if they're going to be able to get that, um, but I don't think that they provided any protection there and they're not providing any protection to their franchise asset. So if you don't do that, us Browns fans, we know that. If you can't protect the quarterback, you ain't got nothing. Well, I'm just going to say, you know what this reminds me of? The Cleveland Browns of three or four years ago. We, we, we bring in some good talent. They're like, see ya, I'm out. I'm going to go get my yeah. money and I want to go play for a team that's competing because this looks like a three to five year rebuild, right? I mean, that's kind of what I saw kind of walk out the door with the Bengals and they seemed like they just tried to backfill. That's why I gave them a B minus because they kind of didn't, you know, they didn't, they, they tried to backfill what they lost. Yeah, I, I didn't like it at all. All right, let's go to the Steelers. What do you got there? I'm going to give them a C. Yeah. And I give them a C like, what are you doing with Big Ben? Like, really? Like, and it, you hey, know, Pittsburgh draft a quarterback. Just saying, I'm just like seriously. Yeah, well, well, they do have Dwayne Haskins on a one year deal, but I agree they've got to go out and get they've got to get somebody. But I'm just, I know I agree. I'm with you. I'm like I don't know. It, it kind of seems like the Pittsburgh Steelers to me are a handcuffed football team. What I mean by that is, you know, Juju kind of went and kicked the tires out there a little bit, and then you came back. Um, Pouncey retired. Am I correct? Yep. Yeah. So I mean, they lost some of that really veteran depth there I don't know I just I see like they they just kind of like vanilla it wasn't that's what it was a vanilla draft for me yeah I I also gave him a solid c um I think you're letting Mike Hilton go Bud Dupree goes um Matt Matt Filer he goes I mean never let Dupree leave the building I mean that guy no I I agree but but they retained Juju Smith-Schuster cheaper than what he was offered at like Kansas city, the jets, uh, some other teams like that. Um, I do like that. They did that. Uh, they've got cam Sutton, Ray, Ray McLeod, uh, Chris warmly still kind you know, I, I, eh, I don't think they did anything. That's like, that was good. I don't think they got any better. I'll put it that way. Pretty average, maybe a little below average. Go and see here as well. Let's talk Ravens. B. B, you know, yeah. above average. They didn't do anything crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they retained the people they needed to retain. Um, I gave them a B. Like, I don't think they, um, and in fact, everything I could see from draft grades, if they kind of graded all the AFC North, they gave us an A. Yeah. They kind of the Ravens a B, C, D for the, um, I think we kind of went one pecking order above the Ravens because of that, because of the, 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 the fill the holes we filled on defense especially yeah i'm gonna go c minus for the ravens um i think i think really what they did here their their best acquisition was obviously kevin zeitler browns fans we know him we know how good he is they needed help in the interior of the offensive line they had to have it uh to protect their quarterback and of course the run game but they lost they they lost matt judon mark ingram yannick and got what yannick and gawkway matt skura um they didn't Th- their pass rush is gone. Oh, I know. Completely, yeah. completely gone. Right. And we um, have to our pass rush in the process. Yeah. I-, I think that their best their best transaction was Kevin Zeitler. Mm-hmm. And I'm not discounting Kevin Zeitler, Zeitler at all. But when your best acquisition is a right guard, I, I think they needed to do- they needed to address wide receiver. 
mm-hmm. completely hands down. You have to give Lamar Jackson a better downfield target. Of course, they have Mark Andrews at tight end, who's explosive. Hollywood Brown, who's fairly good. They've got a good run game, but I would like to have seen them. Not me, actually. I don't care what they do. Yeah, but no. if but from if if I'm not a Browns fan, if I'm just looking at you know overall, I don't think they got any better. Um, I think guys like Kenny Galladay was out there or Curtis Samuel was out there for them to possibly make a run with didn't happen. Um, yeah, I'm going to see minus here. Well, Ali, I mean, think about this. Like, I think we, with the moves we made in free agency um, and hopefully what we do in the draft, you may have a new King of the North and it could yeah. be the Cleveland Browns because they were very shrewd in what they did in free agency. And they kind of looked and addressed what they know they have to get over the hump. But I mean, at the end of the day, Ali, all three of the four AFC North teams made the playoffs last year. Yeah. So our division is tough. And by the way, if the Bengals actually had invested in anything in their offensive line, I think the Bengals would have been competitive most of the year. Yeah, and, I agree with that. And it's just like, wow, when did we go from we're a tough division? Like there's not an easy out ever. Oh, no, yeah, that's right. So what do you what do you give the Browns? Uh what do you oh, what do you hey, grade them out for their free agency? Give them a solid A, not an A plus, yeah. but a solid A. Um, and I'll tell you why I give them a solid A. They went out and specifically addressed things on the back end where they needed to in the corner, in the safety room. And they had a depth to your point with someone like McKinley that can, has a lot of upside and a little yeah. low risk, right? Yeah. They, they backfield. Um, they brought someone on a hometown discount like Higgins. Like, yeah. I mean, I personally, I took a big sigh of relief because I know how much that relationship with Mayfield, how much he trusts him. Um, I give them a solid eight because they didn't overspend. Like they didn't break yeah. a bank to go out and go, okay, the Browns got to make the Super Bowl next year. We got to sign a defensive end for 35 million and a 40 and a 60. And all of a sudden like, holy crap, where'd all of our money go? They didn't do that, right? And so I give them a solid A and most of everybody that I saw gave them a solid A. Like, wow, the Browns are now not a laughing stock anymore. And that's what some of these free agents that came here go, Cleveland's no longer the laughing stock. They're the team that people want to go play for now. Well, what could they have done for you to have given them an A plus? What what was the one thing that was missing from from them to go from an A to an A plus? Sign JJ Watt. That's the only difference. That's the only difference is someone like JJ Watt that could be like surefire another shutdown D, you know, on the other end that we know could get double digit sacks. Something like. So are you saying? Let me ask you this: Are you saying that they should have? more heavily addressed pass rush or specific to jj watt to jj watt because i mean think about it if you if you sign a jj watt and a johnson and a hill and those guys like that like holy crap like you've creamed like you've like like you've really cleaned up but doesn't that kind of go against just pushing back a little bit doesn't that kind of go against what you just why you graded them at an a because of the value that they were able to get Right, but I look at it differently because we're probably not going to sign some of those other guys. We're not going to probably go after some of these guys that we signed for four. You know, so I think so that. So if they don't do that, if they go JJ Watt and they don't go get a Troy Hill or they don't go get a Tack McKinley, it does that put them in a better position to be than that that they currently are right now? Because I don't think so. I don't think so. I think by by taking the value route, you add more depth. Sure, you don't have a JJ Watt, but you have more depth, and I think yeah, that's so you, undervalued. So you think they're, they couldn't even win? The A plus wasn't even on the board. Like this was the way it was going to come. No, of- no, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm I'm just pushing back on the fact that JJ Watt would have taken them over the top. I think I think I I agree in the sense that if they would have more heavily addressed pass rush or defensive tackle, yeah, I'd probably give them an A plus. Well, I do think for that is what you're saying, right? I I just don't think that by signing JJ Watt would take them from an A to A plus. Honestly, I think it'd drop them down to a B plus because they wouldn't be able to afford maybe a Troy Hill or a John Johnson or be able to go out and get the guys that they were able to. So that's why I pushed back on that a little bit. So who would you throw if that was the case into that slot to give them to an A plus, right? Um, JJ Watt money, I guess is a good way. Well, I, I did like a player like a Hassan Reddick. Did he fit the scheme? No. Could he have? Yes, because he's young and versatile. Um, you know, I, I think just a little bit more depth, right? I think if they would have been able to add a little bit more depth on the defensive line, whether that's the interior or the defensive end, I, I liked Carl Lawson a lot, but I didn't like what they were going to have to spend for him. I, I think that would have completely diminished. That would 
prove my point with the whole JJ Watt thing. Yeah. But, but I think just a little bit more depth, whether that's at this point, they can still go to an A from an A or an A to an A plus. If they can go maybe a, um, a Carlos Dunlap, I wouldn't hate it all. Yeah. Um, or, and let's not forget, you have people like Curtis Weaver who haven't even hit the field yet. This right. Year. That's true. That's true. But I'm just taking a look specifically at the free agents. Yeah. Um, Honestly, the more I think about it, I think we have more depth on the defensive line than we realize. When I look at that room now and I think of all the players that are there and that we've brought in. Okay. Porter Gustin, Miles Garrett, Curtis Weaver, Tack McKinley. Yeah. Okay. Andrew Billings. Andrew Billings. Yeah. Yep. We've got Andrew Billings, Sheldon Richardson, Jordan Elliott. Yeah. And now Malik Jackson. So that's a total of eight. That's not a lot. No, but I, but I, to your point, that's plus the draft, right? Now you go out and get a couple maybe guys in the draft. Right, but you 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 had just said like we have more depth than we think. We, we have do. more depth now, like now than we did previous. Like now, I think we have a little more gel there than we did previous okay. too. Like dur- during the season, right? Like you could tell there was that was kind of a weak link at time, right? Like mm-hmm. because of injury or whatever. I think next year we'll have a lot more. You know, we'll have, we'll have a little more safety net there. I guess is a better way to put it than we did. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. All right. All right. I was. I, I don't know. I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised with some of these play. These like a Billings. I don't think we've even seen. You know what he's got yet. I just think there's some of these guys are going to surprise us. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think really in terms of you lose Larry Ogunjobi, bring in an Andrew Billings, essentially just a almost an identical swap yep. um, from Cincinnati to to Cleveland. Two very, very, very similar players swapping. So I, I really don't think uh, um, I don't have anything bad to say about him at all. I'm excited to see what he brings onto the field. I wish Larry all the best. I love Larry Ogunjobi, but I'm hoping that maybe uh, Andrew Billings can provide a little bit more speed and maybe get after the quarterback a little bit more. But but no, I, I agree. Um, there is a lot of talent there on the defensive line, but I think depth is is where you're hurting. You got to address that. I think if they would have been able to do that, maybe one or two more players, this free agency, and free agency isn't over, but if they would have been able to do that, just, you go to an A+. plus. was just going to say, Allie, put Clowney in there, you can have your A+. Plus. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. How about that, Allie? We'll just, put, we'll just add Clowney to that group for you. Yep. And then, you can, then you'll feel like uh, maybe a little more comfortable with your depth on the defensive line. Yeah, that's, that's true. Well, here's All the right. Wounds are healthy. That's the biggest key. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Dustin, any closing thoughts as we wrap up on a beautiful Wednesday evening? Oh, Allie, I see here that one of our thoughts was, what is more likely? So I'm going to throw a what is more likely out at the end All of the right, season. you have a couple minutes. You have three minutes. Throw it at me. Here's what is more likely, Allie. The Browns will sign Clowney or bring Vernon back. Um, well, I, I, really, I think both of those two things are have a great chance of happening. Um, it, right. It's a good, yeah. Now, now it, it, the, the determining factor is, of course, health. If, if Olivier Vernon is, is on the right track, yeah, I think that I think they kick the tires on that. But if, if just speaking from a standpoint of right here, right now, where we're currently at, I would say bringing in Jadavion Clowney is a little bit more likely just based off of what we know about his current health. And, you know, I would say the same thing. I think that's a little bit more likely and you get him at a discount probably. So you maybe save a little money. Possibly. Yeah. And, and I just think based, based off of what we currently know, we don't know about, about Olivier Vernon. Um, you know, those Achilles that. Those are tough. Especially at where he's at in his career. Um, you know, Grant Delpit has the same injury, but he's also a 20 year old guy, um, you know, has a little bit more of a, of a shelf life there, but I, I don't know. I can't speak to it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll play that. We'll play that maybe next week. A little bit more what's more likely. That's always fun because at this point next time, we might know a little bit more of what's well, going and, on in the world. And, and Allie, I think we need to bring back, I know our fans like this, so drop a comment if you're still watching, of course. Um, Stump the hosts. I think our fans had a little fun with stumping Allie. And, and of course, we have to put parameters on it because I got a little loosey-goosey last yeah, time. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to do that, but maybe, maybe. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Um, all right, guys, with that, we thank you all for joining. Of course, we want to give a shout out to our good friends at onlyincleave.com. Go check them out for all your Cleveland Browns apparel. And of course, your official Here We Go Brownies podcast apparel. Go get yourself a hat. You'll look good in it, I promise. You'll look great. 
you need to go get that. Thanks, Molly. I appreciate you, that. You, you, you need one. Uh, so guys, with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up. Again, thanks to all who have joined. Uh, we will be coming at you with more coverage as we approach uh, the draft and, of course, some more free agency news to come here in the next couple of weeks. So guys, with that, stay safe, stay healthy, and as always, go Browns. Go Browns.